is the Business Breakfast with Oanda on Jazz FM. Online trading, currency data, money transfers. Here's Craig Earlham, market analyst at Oanda. Craig, very good morning to you. Let's deal with that um, headline first of all, then about the shops or non-essential shops reopening from the middle of June. Now, we are speaking, as I said, to a retail specialist later on in the programme, but your reaction, first of all, a further a further milestone in the road to recovery, possibly? Yeah, absolutely. And and I think this is one of the things which really does aid these market moves. We've already seen a lot, a big bounce in the markets uh, over the last month or two on the belief that we are starting to see uh, lockdown restrictions being eased. We are seeing people being allowed to return to work. And this is obviously good for business and therefore uh, it's good for employment. It's also obviously good for the economy. So that when you see these further announce- easing announcements coming and we're seeing the numbers in terms of coronavirus cases and deaths uh, improving, then it's obviously promising as far as the markets are concerned. And it's also happening outside the UK. We've seen it in the US um, uh, as well uh, and Japan making announcements as well uh, very recently. Uh, it seems that a lot of these major cities are now starting to move back towards something that resembles a new normal. Uh, and that's obviously promising. Uh, that, that's what we ultimately need to see. We just need to hope that it doesn't come at the expense of another sharp rise in cases. It doesn't help us with our view of uh, the V or U-shaped recovery, presumably, does it? No, I mean, people are obviously trying to anticipate exactly what type of recovery it is that we're heading for. Uh, and V and U seems the ones that uh, always get thrown around. And it's probably going to be somewhere in the middle, uh, which feels like um, a bit of sitting on the fence type of answer. But I think a V-shaped recovery is just too too hopeful. I think there's going to be far too many job losses permanently, which is going to um, which is going to make a V-shaped recovery too difficult to achieve. But I think a U-shaped recovery as well, where we kind of see a flatlining in the economy for for a prolonged period of time. Uh, I feel like that's maybe a little bit too pessimistic as well. I think the efforts that have been made, not just in the UK, but uh, in various countries around the world to preserve employment, I do think they are going to bear some fruit, even if there is going to be certain jobs that can't be, uh, job losses that can't be avoided. And so I do think there is going to be a certain bounce back, but I just don't think it's going to be this kind of uh, immediate bounce as if nothing ever happened, which is ultimately what the kind of V-shaped recovery implies. So uh, I think we're going to have to wait a few months obviously we also need a lot more things to happen in order for any recovery to really take hold we need these shops to not just reopen we need them to stay open we need lockdown measures to not be uh, reimposed uh, and therefore we need any second wave of the coronavirus to be limited and maintained Uh, so there's uh, and obviously we need a vaccine we need a cure so there's this next 12 months is going to be uh, is going to be uh, incredibly challenging and obviously we need a lot of things to go away if we are going to see um, a decent recovery that preserves as many jobs as possible. Going to be challenging for the steel industry, for aerospace, for aviation and more and more talk about state support for those particular sectors. Are we, I mean, first of all, state support presumably means an equity state, doesn't it, in these companies? Well, I think um, the different governments are going to handle these a little bit differently. There's going to be a number of governments that are going to try and avoid any form of equity stake in the longer term and going to try to pursue the kind of loan route um, 
first uh, in, in order to try and support these companies and allow them to get back on their feet with loans that are either going to be zero or extremely low interest. But obviously then right. there is going to have to be the fine print that comes with this, which is if you are unable to re repay this, then a low, uh, an equity stake is going to be inevitable. But I think there's going to be massive efforts to avoid that, to be quite honest, because the last thing many of these governments want is to have stakes in various, com um, various companies from aviation, but also uh, throughout the economy, really. So, so what you're saying is that it'll, it'll be a, a easy loans, um, low, low or no interest loans, rather than the taxpayer, as it were, taking a stake in uh, Tata or Virgin Atlantic or whatever. I think that's going to be the preferred route to begin with. Obviously, it's 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 very difficult to predict the future at a time when there's so much uh, uncertainty. Um, but I think that I think that's going to be the preferred route is going to be state-backed loans, uh, which ultimately can potentially um, uh, move towards the kind of uh, equity ownership. Like I say, it's it's, it's going to be extremely difficult for any government to move into kind of equity ownership of various industries. Uh, and and yeah. I don't think it is going to be something that's going to be desirable as far as um, many of these governments are concerned. So I think that will be a, a last resort. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be something that is going to be, um, is going to be a target for many of these governments. Just before we move on to China, which I want to talk to you about, let's just talk about Germany, which had two important indicators yesterday. First of all, into recession, um, or technically into recession, but business morale was rising, which suggests that if the the engine room, if you like, of Europe is feeling relatively, I say relatively optimistic, then that's no bad thing. We are seeing early signs that we are going to see a bounce back in Germany. Um, obviously, Germany has slowed prior to this crisis, which obviously doesn't help matters. Um, so the, the, I think I think obviously uh, the, the fact that it's in recession now is a technical recession because of a small um, a small contraction in the fourth quarter of last year, uh, rather than um, anything else really. It was it was a very minor contraction that we actually saw in the fourth quarter. Uh, but then the, we have seen stimulus efforts which have been agreed there, which appear to be. Uh, appear to be working at least in the near term we've obviously seen this isn't a country that's been less hard hit than many other countries around it uh, we've seen far fewer cases far fewer deaths and we've seen more, far more um, far more testing and we obviously have seen the economy starting to reopen sooner than the others as well so it's very much ahead of the curve as far as that's concerned so you would expect the third quarter is going to be far more uh, it's going to be far better for Germany than it is going to be for many of the countries around it that doesn't mean it's obviously out of the woods but like I say, the data, the stimulus, etc., um, it does seem very promising. But again, we have to be careful about just how optimistic we do get about many of these recoveries because there is going to be longer-term damage, which is inevitable as a result of uh, any lockdowns. Let's talk about China now. And um, various countries, big trading blocks around the world are thinking possibly about, how can we put it, recalibrating perhaps their relationship with China. Um Firstly, uh, they're saying here that it's impossible to get rid of Huawei from um, telephone or tele t telecom networks by 2023. Um, it does suggest, though, there's a, re a slight movement in the government's attitude, particularly the Prime Minister's attitude towards Huawei, do you think? It does seem that way. Um, obviously, they are taking another look at this now. Which, given that it was it was only January when they actually made the decision to go with it to a in limited capacity and not in core infrastructure, uh, the fact that they are reviewing this once again suggests that the what we've seen over the last 
few months or what they've seen over the last few months is giving them cause for concern. I would imagine it means there's probably still a lot of pressure coming from Washington uh, to not engage uh, with Huawei. Uh, I, whether that means that they'll completely remove it from the network, that would come as, uh, I think, as a big surprise because as Boris Johnson even, even stated previously, what is the alternative? It's not like there's three alternative firms that they can, they can put in this infrastructure. Huawei is ahead of the curve, and that's what makes it so appealing. Uh, and others just haven't caught up and haven't just don't have the capability to to put a replacement in. So it'd be removing it at great expense. So I do think that there may be reviews and it may um, try to wind down its um, its dependence on it. But until a, an alternative competitor from Europe or the US comes in, then I think it's going to be very difficult for Boris Johnson to get rid of the network altogether, whereas the US seems to be taking a much harder line on this. What do you feel about the future of Hong Kong? I mean, if, if it were, to, if there were to be riots again, and, and there, there had been sort of starts of starts of riots there and riot police on the streets and so on. I mean, Hong Kong is, is it not the gateway to China as far as financial services are concerned? They might move away. Yeah, well, it, it, it is for now. But I mean, I think as we've seen with the US last week, suggesting that they're going to have to review Hong Kong special trading status um, because uh, it, it, the the autonomy factor uh, does um, is a major concern. I think there's going to be various countries around the world which may be looking at something similar and will be will be eyeing the events that we're seeing in Hong Kong and the uh, the legislation which was put forward last week in China um, with regards to uh, security and imposing security laws directly in Hong Kong bypassing the legislator. Uh, I do think there is going to be a lot of governments around the world that are looking at this with uh, with a lot of concern and will be weighing up the possibility that the, the, the future may look very different for the country. So I think it, I think it's very challenging. I think China is going to probably want to maybe um, want to make a point, uh, want to re- try and avoid a repeat of last year uh, and enact in, enough um, uh, that will prevent it happening again in the future. But I don't think it's going to want to. Um, to remove a, a key asset, which is Hong Kong, because if they if they intervene too much at this point, then countries will look at alternatives, and then that will effectively um, remove uh, a prized asset from China. So it's going to be a fine balancing act. But as there's clearly a lot happening there right now, which is extremely concerning for many of the people in Hong Kong, but also, of course, uh, many countries that have traded with Hong Kong for many years. Finally, the market's in rally mode after the bank holiday here. Yesterday, those bank holidays uh, in many different countries, including the UK and the US and large parts of Asia as well. So uh, whether we can read too much into this bounce back is um, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be seeing over the next couple of days. There's been obviously a few things. The fact that we are seeing economies reopen at more easing measures announced has always been beneficial or has been beneficial to the markets over the last couple of months. The talk of a vaccine in the US as well going to human trials is is now uh, boosting things as well. As I said earlier, it's all well and good these economies reopening, but if we, unless we avoid a a major second wave that reverses these easing restrictions, then it's not going to last very long. Whereas obviously promising movements on vaccines and cures, etc., that's going to be the thing that's going to be able to sustain anything because ultimately that's going to be the thing that's going to allow us to return to um, a li- the life that we had previously uh, without fear that uh, there is going to be mass infections again and lockdowns reimposed. Craig Ellum, thank you very much indeed. This is a Business Breakfast with Oanda on Jazz FM. Online trading, currency data, money transfers.